Welcome back to Red Cedar Radar. Today I am joined um, by Brendan, who has been on the pod many times before, um, and Kevin, who is the Assistant Managing Editor of Spartans Illustrated. Welcome to the pod, Kevin. Um, This will be a little bit of a different episode than normal. Um, Due to the recent news of MSU's head coach, Mel Tucker, being suspended without pay, during an ongoing investigation involving his sexual misconduct with Brenda Tracy. If you don't know, um, Tracy is a very well-known rape survivor who has recently worked with the athletic departments across the nation, including Michigan State, to educate student athletes on the prevention of sexual violence. Um, So thanks for joining today, guys. it's been kind of a crazy news day. I think Kevin and probably Brendan too have been behind the computer most of the day, pushing things out about this breaking news on Spartans Illustrated. Um, I kind of just wanted to start with when the news broke, kind of what we knew at that point and what Spartans Illustrated kind of pushed out before the press conference. Go ahead, Kevin. Yes, yeah, certainly. So um, we've we're loosely aware that uh, the story was going to break and knew some of the details uh, going into last night, very late. A little after midnight, ESPN did break the story first. Um, Shortly thereafter, USA Today came out with the direct allegations um, at the hands of the claimant. And in, in that regard, uh, you know, David Harnes, our publisher got up his own thoughts, uh, what he knew um, at the time. And since then, uh, you know, we've been trying to stay on top of the story as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, It seemed like things developed pretty fast over the day today. You know, as things started to get leaked before the presser and then, you know, when the presser came out. Um, I think we should move to the press conference at this point. Um, From both of your perspectives, what were the main points from the press conference and kind of... um, you know, how MSU handled things as a whole. Maybe you go, you start, Brendan. Yeah, so I was there uh, in East Lansing at the press conference at Spartan Stadium. So Alan Haller spoke, uh, Teresa Woodruff spoke, who's an interim president. So uh, Haller, was most important thing is he announced that Tucker was going to be suspended without pay pretty much until the investigation is over and the Title IX hearing will be like October, the week of October 5th, he said. Uh, so yeah, the results, uh, we'll hear a final hearing, we'll hear kind of what they gathered from that investigation that week. Uh, but yeah, Mel Tucker suspended without pay. So that's the main takeaway. Also, another uh, thing that will affect the football, football program here this week is Harlan Barnett's going to be the acting head coach. He's the, he, uh, he's the current secondaries coach. He's been with Michigan State for, I think, this is his 15th season. Uh, so he's a seasoned veteran uh, in, in, East, in, in East Lansing. Uh, so Barnett's going to be the acting head coach. And Mark D'Antonio is coming back uh, to Michigan State. So he's going to serve in a kind of an unclear, but an associate head coach role. So uh, Haller said he'll be wearing a headset on Saturday uh, against Washington. So uh, yeah, not sure what exactly his role is going to be, but he's going to be involved with the team here. Yeah. um, I will get into both of those coaching changes more in a minute. Any points from you, Kevin, um, from the press conference or kind of the media, only the three media questions that were available, any points from kind of that side of things at all from you? Yeah, I think um, not necessarily highlighted in great detail because obviously uh, the legal matters are a uh, very important 
perspective and an issue to keep in mind um, in terms of their actual comments at the time in the press conference. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from it was, uh, in a way, uh, and you know, I, I hope our listeners will bear in mind the full sentence and, and thought process here of what I'm trying to say is it, it was a little bit of a relief in that um, the interim president made clear this is the new MSU. And what I uh, mean by my own comment is I, I found that very much the case. MSU, it seems from everything made clear and in subsequent clarifications issued by MSU, uh, following the press conference and in coverage provided by our own publisher, David Harnes, throughout the day, MSUs followed this by the book in terms of the appropriate way to handle a Title IX investigation. And in terms of that, um, I think that's just something that, you know, it through all of the uncomfortableness of, of today of, of seeing yet another, um, you know, instance of, of potential trauma by, uh, you know, the claimant. Um, in, in this instance, I, I think it's great to see that MSU is doing its best to try to shake off the uh, nightmare of the past and, and its its former transgressions and do the right thing in this instance. And, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that Holler uh, didn't know the specific allegations in the depth that was provided by the USA Today coverage shows that the process was working and, and working the way that it's designed to do with Title IX investigations. So I, I think um, for me, that was outside of the obviously important uh, importance of the football news. That was something that was also incredibly important to see is that MSU hopefully has learned its lessons and is, is doing the right thing from as far as what we can tell at this point. Yeah, I think that's an important point because as things, you know, I was getting my news, obviously from Spartans Illustrated, but on Twitter also, um, there was a lot of comments about how things were being handled. And I needed to do my own research into Title IX because I didn't really know all the ins and outs of how this was supposed to work before. And I wanted to make sure if I was going to comment on anything or if I was reading comments that I was informed of kind of how this process should work. And I did a little bit of research before the press conference, and um, I agree with your point. I think it was really important for, I think it was interim President Woodruff that said, like, you know, this is the way that we handle things now. We're not going to ever go back to the past the way things were. Um, and I agree with your, your take completely. I felt a little bit relieved hearing her say that because hopefully by the end of this process, um, you know, the right thing will be done and MSU will kind of um, have handled it in the most appropriate and professional way possible, which is what you want from the school that you love, I guess. Um, so let's get into, I, I did, um, yeah, okay, let's get into Harlan Barnett a little bit. Um, Brennan gave a nice overview. He's been an MSU guy for a long time. Um, an alumni from here played under George Perlis, um, what will having him as the head coach do for the Spartans? Yeah, well, I mean, he provides, he's kind of the leader in the room right now, I guess you could say, because he's, he's going to be the acting head coach. Uh, he's the top voice on the team right now. Previously, Mel Tucker was, was the head voice as the head coach, but now it's going to be Barnett. Uh, he's a veteran. He knows Michigan State in and out. He's been here for 15 years. So he provides that veteran leadership, and it's essential that he, uh, D'Antonio, who's coming on board, and also Alan Haller, uh, they're tasked with leading Michigan State through this mess. Yeah, 
Kevin, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think Brendan put it best. I mean, he, he's a Spartan alum. He's been around the program, uh, you know, 2007 to 2019. I'm sorry. Uh, I've got the notes in front of me. I'm, my apologies. Um, a lot of details today. Yeah, I mean, he was here from 2007, 2017, 2018. He left to take on the defensive coordinator role at Florida State. Obviously, it didn't work out in Tallahassee for a number of reasons for him. And he came back under Mel Tucker and has been around since. And he, he knows East Lansing. The team knows him. I think uh, that might be an important uh, point is the fact that he's been on the staff, whereas D'Antonio has been in a, a hands-off role, so to speak, um, outside of the program. Uh, so obviously familiar with it, uh, but I think it's important to have that familiar face uh, with them to hold the steady hand while they get through the next several games, including number eight, Washington, coming to town on Saturday. And I think, I mean, we I haven't done my preview for that game yet. That'll be coming in a couple of days, but that's going to be a big game. Washington is a good team. Um, and this is, I mean, obviously nobody wanted this to happen, but this is not probably the time for it to happen right before a big team comes. There's not an optimal time for this to happen, but um, I think it's important that Barnett has been around for so long because of what, what you said, he will be a steady hand or hopefully will be a steady hand leading into a big game, which is what um, they will need most of all, I think. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about Mark D'Antonio. I'm a huge Coach D fan. Uh, I'll just put that out there. Um, what will he do? I mean, they I know they haven't said specifically what he will do, but what do you think he will do joining the staff, you know, in this time of kind of uncertainty? Like I said earlier, I mean, Michigan State is in need of a leader of the football program. You see with Izzo in basketball, he's a leader in basketball, leader of the university and the athletic department. Michigan State needs a leader in football. And Mark D'Antonio is kind of the guy right now. I mean, Obviously, we'll see in the future who's going to be that guy. But D'Antonio, he's a guy who's been in East Lansing. He knows what it's like to coach, knows what it's like to coach on the big stage. So D'Antonio, yeah, well, he might be up in the booth, uh, you know, eight stories up in Spartan Stadium. He might be down on the sideline. We don't know yet. He's going to have a headset on. Uh, and he's and the players are kind of fired up about him coming back. So Alan Haller said he called him this morning, uh, and D'Antonio was willing to help. Says, I'm here for anything you, you, you need. So Antonio's obviously willing to do it, happy to do it. Probably not happy to do it, uh, given the situation, but he's willing to do it, and uh, players are fired up about it. Yeah, anything to add, Kevin? I mean, I think it's important to note that he's going to have that headset on, on like a former opponent on the other uh, side of the sidelines once upon a time during his tenure at the head of yeah. MSU. <laughs> um, something I thought was I want to know more and obviously we can't answer this today I want to know more about what Mark D'Antonio has been doing kind of as like a hands-off person involved with the team during this time because they've always said that he's kind of been I don't know what like not a liaison but something along those lines um he didn't fully step away forever so I would love to know how in depth he's gotten with the team over time if it will be really easy to step in and since he has had that role or if it will be obviously it will be a transition but I just wonder um how long it will take for him to get up and up to speed with everything that Tucker has brought in and changed over since Antonio's time here so we will that will just be kind of a wait and see thing um but that's something I'll be curious I'll be watching for um any other points about those coaching changes that you guys want to add 
Yeah, I'll add one thing about kind of the decision to make yeah. Harlan Barnett the acting head coach. Uh, I know uh, mm-hmm. Coach Cap, the offensive line coach, his name was thrown out there. He's also, a, I believe, an assistant head coach, run game coordinator, and the offensive line coach. So has multiple different titles. His name was thrown out there. I saw Courtney Hawkins uh, also probably would have been a good option for uh, kind of being the acting head coach during Tucker's suspension here. Uh, but I guess the decision was probably due to Barnett's experience uh, on the Michigan State staff. That's what looked like it was separated to me as like Barnett has been at Michigan State and now his 15th season. He, yeah, he did take a break uh, in East Lansing, went down to Tallahassee to coach Florida State. That didn't work out. Came back under Tucker. Uh, yeah, so me to me, Barnett's experience is kind of what separated him from Coach Cap, from Courtney Hawk, and some of the other coaches on the staff from taking that acting head coach role. Yeah, I, I think um, also the fact that they decided to bring D'Antonio back in for uh, assisting in this. I think it's important that he and Har- uh, Barnett have that former working relationship, um, whereas many of the other staff members are people who were brought on under Tucker. Um, and so, you know, they're all familiar with D'Antonio, obviously, since he's been around the program. Um, but I think, you know, that that close working relationship is likely what helped uh possibly sway the decision in that regard pure speculation on my part but yeah that's a good point that's a really good point so i i read a couple things i've been trying to stay off twitter and the forums a little bit today just because it was kind of messy um uh, i read a little bit of speculation and i don't want to speculate too much in this episode i kind of want to talk more facts just because i think that's how this should be handled but um on our on our little uh, preview sheet here that I have for Kevin and Brendan, I put fallout question mark. Do you think it's a possibility that, you know, staff or even there might be some player changeover due to this, you know, kind of eruption of the coaching staff during kind of not even the middle of the season. It's still the beginning of the season. Do you guys think that's a possibility? I mean, absolutely. I mean, you could see players enter the portal. I mean, uh, obviously, Tucker has not been fired yet. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. know if he will or not. Right. We'll see in, probably in a month or so. Uh, but if he does, players have a 30-day window to enter the transfer portal. So that is something to watch out for if Tucker uh, does get fired. And he would be fired with cause if the investigation comes through and they find that, you know, he's guilty of this. And he would be fired with cause and they wouldn't have to pay that buyout. So that's an, another important uh, scenario in this is that because he hasn't Tucker's a massive buyout in his contract. Mm-hmm. He's been paid a lot of money, massive buyout. So Michigan State would be, I think, $80 million they would save on that contract. So uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of implications of this. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, one thing that fans can sometimes lose track of in their fandom, I guess, for lack of a uh, better term. Um, yeah, Most players commit to a coach and the coaching program. They don't necessarily commit to the school. There, there are certainly examples of, of that uh, where the, you know, the Spartan legacy, you know, they, they really like X program at Michigan state. Um, but on the average, uh, it doesn't matter if it's university of Nebraska, if it's Alabama, if it's Michigan state, if it's Wayne State, you know, um, at, at the end of the day, most of the time, what sways them to commit to that school is the coaching staff. Now they might get there and be happy with that decision and decide they want to stay. But I, I think it's inevitable, not even 
just the fact that it's the NIL era um, and the fact that players do get a free transfer now, um, I, I think it's just inevitable that there would still be some level of interest in you know, calling it quits in terms of the season. I, I'm not saying that there's going to be a huge exodus, but um, I would be surprised if there wasn't at least a player or two who's like, you know, I, I didn't sign up for this. I, this is, you know, my four years of college. I want it to be a great experience. Yeah, I'm out. Sorry, guys. Yeah, and I'll just add on this, uh, going back to the recruiting and committing to coaching staffs, uh, a lot of these kids are committed to also their position coaches, not necessarily the head coach. So the position coaches also matter in this. Uh, Rivals and Spartans Illustrated talked to several Michigan State commits today, and a couple more highly ranked ones said that they're still fully fully bought in with Michigan State. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah, that is a good point. yeah, I will be interested to see um, within that 30-day window. That's a good, I didn't know that it was 30 days, so that's a good note um, to see if anything happens. I had a lot of ideas on how I kind of wanted to close out our topics about the in, everything that's gone down today. Um, I think I wrote and rewrote something at the end of this episode a bunch of times, but uh, I kept kind of coming back to – I saw – Quite a few people saying like, oh, I don't want my season tickets anymore. Like, no way I'll be there on Saturday or different things like that. And I feel like I had some of those feelings a little bit also. Um, I feel like we can't lose sight of, well, I don't know. I'm going to try to not lose sight of um, all of the student athletes that are on the team, have put in the work over the entire summer off season um, to play this season. They've won two games already. We've talked on the pod. There's some things that they need to clean up, but I just don't think that we as Spartan fans, I'll just say we, Brendan, Kevin, I'll include you in that, um, should give up on them at this point. I think they need the support of the fans more than anything else. And I hope that um, as Spartan fans, we can kind of rally around them and help them through this time. Um that would be my biggest takeaway point. We'll know more after the investigation and things, I think things will continue to play out. Um, and we will have that coverage on Spartans illustrated. Um, but I just think that's my biggest point from all of this. Do either of you have anything that you want to add to that? I mean, I, I fully agree with that point. And at the end of the day, following the sport is not about who's head coach and what he's done or not. Um, it, particularly on on a day like today, it's about the students taking student athletes taking the field. Frankly, you, you're there to root for the people who chose the school that you have the affiliation for. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be frank. Growing up, it was always, "Why do you root for Michigan State?" You know, they always lose. What from all the Walmart Wolverine fans in my small rural hometown who never touched the school, uh, frankly, in terms of any affiliation. It's like. Because my my great grandpa went there, my grandpas went there, my grandma went there. That's how she met my that particular grandpa. My mom went there, my brother went there and graduated. My other brother went there for a period and transferred out and finished elsewhere. You know, cousin went there. I could get into second and third cousins, and the list goes on. Like I, I root for it because of that affiliation. That that's why. And you know, my my fandom is not just Tom Izzo, and it, it's certainly not just Mel Tucker. Um, and while I try to remove myself from that and the coverage that I write, you know, I still root for the student athletes on the field and I follow the sport for that. And that's exactly why, uh, you know, at the same time, Michigan State women's soccer 
and uh, the volleyball team were competing today. And I was still trying to provide some updates in our forum on that. Um, you know, we, we do our best to cover the non-revenue sports as well, because there's still Spartans out there and they're still competing, representing the university. And a lot of our subscribers um, you know, value that. And, and that's what they care about when it comes to Michigan State athletics. Yeah, absolutely. What about anything to add, Brendan? Yeah, I just feel for the student athletes here in this scenario, the ones on Michigan State's football team here, because there's now a distraction uh, with the season here that they truly like don't deserve to have this distraction weight weight on their shoulders. So, I mean, it's just an unfair position to put those student athletes in. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough season for for the players to to uh, kind of put that to the side and go perform on the field. They still have a tough schedule to go. So, it's going to be a tough season. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the investigation and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those were all my topics, guys. Do you have anything else that you want to add in? I also do want to say all of our coverage from today's happenings will be um, put in the description of the episodes. You can check out the articles that we put out with all the updated information. I think those have been updated by Kevin 7 million times today. Um, so check those out. and. Um, if you want more, maybe consider subscribing to Spartans Illustrated. And we have a little promo going on right now that I'll put in the description also. Um, anything else that you want to add in before we close out the episode? Brendan or Kevin, either way. I do look forward to a great uh, pre-Big Ten, Big Ten matchup on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I... I I very much look forward to Husky Stadium getting that Big Ten logo next season. It'll look so much better on that field. <laughs> I, um, it would be fantastic, and I'll just put these vibes out into the world now, if MSU could pull away with the win on Saturday. Um, I just feel like that would be the momentum that they, the team might need um, to kick off some heavy opponents coming down the road and, you know, week after week here. Um, so I'll, I'm going to be keeping my fingers crossed for that. I'll just say, I know, I'm, I know maybe I'm supposed to be unbiased right now, but I'll just, I'll just take that hat off for a second. Um, Brendan, do you have anything else you want to share before we close out our episode? Uh, yeah, I'll just kind of state my opinion on the whole scenario. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Just kind of, quit just gathering my thoughts i think Haller did yeah. the right thing today just to suspend them let the investigation uh continue we'll see what happens october the week of october 5th and then make a judgment call then but tucker what he did was uh immoral it was not good it was unethical bad uh, horrible judgment call by him and i'll just leave it at this if he can't make a judgment call by himself how is he supposed to lead 100 young men into battle each week i'll leave it at that I think that's a good way to end. Thank you both very much for joining me. Um, and this will be posted on YouTube or anywhere that you listen to uh, to your podcasts. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And I will be having a Washington preview episode coming out um, sometime this week. And then we'll kind of hopefully get back into the regular swing of recaps and previews every week before our games. Thanks so much for joining Kevin for your first podcast appearance on Red Cedar Radar. We'll have you back again soon. And Brendan, it was nice to see you again. Um, thanks so much for listening and um, see you in a couple days. Bye.